This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, April 14th, wherever and however you're connected Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan, a man who also submitted a bid of 43, or was it $42 billion, just like Elon Musk. But you were just a little bit short of his bid, right? It was 43 bucks. Um, oh, you, oh, your bid yeah. was $43. Yeah, I didn't understand Not $43 billion. Uh, how many zeros okay. were in that. I didn't actually take a math class at BYU. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't understand that. $43 bill? To buy Twitter. Holy fill in the blank. Like, that's amazing. That's a lot of dough. By the way, I didn't know the Stranger Things 4 trailer had come out until you told me this morning. It came out yesterday? Yeah. Is that what happened? Or two days ago? What? Recently. I'm way behind. Recently. Jeez. Uh, holy shnikes. Uh, very excited about that. Very excited about that. Oh, man. May more, 27th. More so than your $43 bid to buy Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Stoked, man. Stranger Things. So awesome. We did a uh, Stranger Things open the day, I think, season two. Opened up? Like on the green screen and everything? One of my favorite memories of this show. The Stranger Things, the initial Stranger Things episode. We did a whole episode, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe we'll do that May 27th, who knows? uh, Today's show lineup is fit for the uh, billionaire and also for the Stranger Things crew. So only Ryan Smith can watch. Is that what you're telling me right now? I just said it's fit for a billionaire. That doesn't mean everybody else can't join. Oh, okay, good. Or the, You know what? I, I bet people on the Upside Down would like today's show as well. It's the, that it's that the, good. All the demogorgons and demidogs sure, and sure. demi bats. Yes, the demogorgons are all in on brand new projections they from are? ESPN's Football Power Index. We know that. How many wins does FPI say BYU football will pick up in 2022? The NFL draft approaches for Tyler Algier, James Empey, and other BYU hopefuls. NFL offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers, Brady Christensen, joins the show to give his top advice to James Empey and men's volleyball with a huge weekend series against number one UCLA senior night. Davide Gardini will join us to help us get set for the Bruins and Cougars. Tom Brady tweeted six minutes ago, if you buy Twitter, can you delete the combine photo at Elon Musk? To which Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, replied, epic with the photo. And then Tom Brady said, ban him. <laughs> I love the back and forth. That's great. Really, we just want blue check marks, right? Why can't we get blue check marks? Elon Musk. Why can't we the BYU TV personalities blue check marks? Like I don't get it. Uh, We've asked. We work at BYU. We've asked our own marketing people. Nobody can get it done. If anyone should have a blue check mark, it should be the BYU TV sports. I got to bring up one of my like real pinch points here. Gosh, (laughs) dang it. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Baseball begins a four-game series at Nebraska today, led by interim head coach Trent Pratt. Listen to the game on BYU Radio 107.9 FM and the BYU Cougars app starting at 7.30 Eastern. May they summon the spirit of Mitch Matthews and Tanner May. How about Carson Lundell made a huge push at the Western Invitational on the links. He finished runner-up at the event for a second straight year, shot the best round of the tournament yesterday, bogey-free, 65 Holy. in the final round. Wow. Well done, Carson. BYU oh. men's golf had a seven under par final round as a team. Thanks in large part to Carson. Finished fifth at the 75th annual 
Western Intercollegiate. Was he coming off some BYU Sports Nation karma? From last In, indeed, he was last yes, Friday. He was. Oh, how about that? Hallie Folsom Walker earned sixth place after four events in the heptathlon at the Brian Clay Invitational in Azusa, California, in the track and field. Alex Barcelo, currently at the 68th annual Portsmouth Invitational, yeah. a showcase for the nation's top seniors prior to the NBA Draft Combine. Barcelo's team, the Mike Duminato sales team, plays tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. I told him, I told him, that's big time to be on the Mike Duman auto sales team. Little does he know. Did Brandon Davies play for that one? (laughs) Cougars in the majors. We have got a guy. I'll get you a great deal on a Kia. Hey, get a, (laughs) get you a Telluride. Let's go. Cougars in the majors. Michael Rucker pitched two and a third, two strikeouts for the Cubbies yesterday and a 6-2 lots to Los Piratas. Yeah, I almost forgot that Michael Rucker was pitching in the major league. I forgot. That's I'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked that he's uh, stuck there. He's it's the only fantastic. He's the only Coug, right? Yes, he is the closest I have been to ever calling a no hitter. He took a like a perfect game, no less, into the eighth inning at BYU. But he was pulled out like Clayton Kershaw yesterday. Thankfully, he was not pulled out. <laughs> it just ha- it just kind of fell apart for him yeah. in the late innings. Yeah. But man, that dude can throw the ball. Yeah, Kershaw, okay. that thing is crazy. Real quick, best game I've ever seen. Steven Strasburg, I sidelined Jay Monson and Gary Scheide. Strasburg as a sophomore, not the junior year where like ESPN's showing all his highlights. He has a 15K, one hit, complete game shutout Whoa. against Brigham. Whoa. He was legit. So that's the best Still college is. game you've seen. Yes. But you did see a no-hitter. I did see a no-hitter in person. In Seattle. Yeah, that was pretty cool. How about some Cougars overseas news as we move back to the basketball beat? Zach Selyus continues to just crush it overseas. 27 points, 23 rebounds. What? Is anyone over 6'3 in that league? And four assists for BC Vera, and they lost the game. Was he, he's playing in Georgia. Yes, the country, country. of Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. Elijah Bryant had six points, four assists, and three rebounds, and an Anadolu FS 80-65 win. That's in EuroLeague, though. It's a little, it's a little bit different. In Turkey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Men's tennis hosts Pepperdine and LMU this weekend, starting today and then uh, Saturday. Good luck. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. Way cooler than Mike Dumas Auto Group. (laughs) We need to get Tim Daly a team in the Portsmouth Invitational. Yeah, exactly. We have brand new, fresh off the press because that's still a thing, right? Fresh off the press, fresh off the interwebs, football power index yep. numbers yep. for BYU and all 130 Division One college football teams. BYU currently ranks 46th, Jerem, in that list of all Division One football teams according to the football power index. 46th. What do you think about a number 46 ranking coming off another top 25 season and a second 10-win season in as many years? Well, this isn't, uh, you know, where should BYU be in a poll? This is, this is what their FPI is based on how we think they're going to do against these other teams and how we think those teams are going to do. So um, it's a 7-5 and five record projection. Yes. As uh, you pointed out this morning, last year uh, they projected – Seven and five. Seven point well. three wins, four point seven losses yep. a year ago. Yep. So BYU was three games better, which is pretty crazy. Do we feel like BYU has the chance to be three games better? We do. Yep. We're feeling confident about this BYU team, which is exciting. Obviously, coming off two ten plus win seasons, 
and returning the quarterback and maintaining a large amount of the coaching staff and keeping that O-line and skill position players, uh, why wouldn't we, right? Why wouldn't we? So, yeah, um, 85% chance to win six games. Yes, this team is going to a bowl game. That's not going to be an issue. It's not hard to make a bowl game. All you have to do is win half. Uh, you can suck and still make a bowl game. It's crazy. But when we look at some of the numbers among BYU's own schedule, uh, BYU at 46 is the fifth best team on its own schedule by FPI. Notre Dame at five. Wow. Okay. Probably overrated. That's what Notre Dame does. 19th, Baylor. 23rd, Oregon. 29th, Arkansas. And then BYU at 46, followed by Boise State right after. So the big four mm-hmm. is what we can call this this group of uh, challengers on the schedule, right? Okay. Boise State and BYU at about the same level, it feels like. That's probably a fair assessment. And then everyone else is probably below BYU, like winnable games. So to me, that cut line is like, can BYU – um, in those in those other eight, so the big four, and then the other eight. In the other eight, can BYU go seven and one? And in the in the in the big four, can BYU go two and two to get nine wins in the regular season? It's worth noting that while BYU is projected to win seven point three games, I'm not sure about the decimal points, but again, they when BYU wins point three games, that's when the end comes. So a, a year ago, projected to win. Just over seven games yeah. and lose essentially five. It's worth noting that BYU was favored in ten of the twelve games on last year's schedule. Right, but it was like fifty-two percent chance to beat Utah, fifty-three percent chance to beat Arizona State, yeah, sixty percent chance to beat Washington State. So they weren't huge favorites, but right. they were favored, and that's exactly what BYU did, which is atypical. Right, like typically, yeah. you drop one of those games where it's really close in the toss-up games, and BYU goes, I don't know, eight and four or nine and three. But like BYU four and three. won all of those games. Like BYU played seven power fives and didn't just go over five hundred, went six and one. Like that's not going to happen a ton in in sure. BYU's future. Like that was a massive anomaly. Yeah, the one game that BYU dropped that they were supposed to win, according to the FPI, was at home against Boise State. Right, and I'm okay with one of those. I also want you to make up one of those on the road. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we got a game we didn't think we'd get. BYU was only a 31% chance to win at USC to close out the season, but USC, well, they did not come together. They dealt with several injuries to their best receiver and quarterbacks, and Jackson Dart was all of a sudden starting as a freshman. Jackson Dart was good, though. Um, Yeah, Drake London not playing in that game is probably the reason BYU BYU wins that game, but the only game they dropped that they were supposed to win was Boise State. So – it's it's shaping up similar this year. BYU is projected to go seven and five yeah. in twenty twenty two. We don't have the game by games on these, but I would guess that BYU is probably a dog by percentage, not by Vegas in the Notre big Dame four, in the Big Four, Baylor, and maybe at Boise State, maybe at Boise State. They might be probably. Bit, are, I would say Ark, right now, if we well, saw home? that Arkansas yeah. at home, I don't know because well, the, BYU, was, BYU, was, ahead of BYU was favored. BYU was favored to beat Arizona State and Utah last year at home, while those teams were more than twenty spots higher oh, than okay. BYU in the FPI. Maybe BYU's favorite home yeah. field advantage. How does that factor in? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just going to say BYU is probably favored to win nine games. And they're projected to win seven games. Those are two different things. Yes, yes. Two very different things because it's a fickle game. But why not BYU when, yeah. overachieve once again? I, I, we went through the whole schedule game at, by game at yesterday. At what point is it not overachieving? Like, if BYU does this again, now it's expected is it just the standard? Well, yes. what, what is expected right now? What is expected according to us, not ESPN FBI? Us? us? 
eight and four minimum. Okay. Yeah. See, I expect like, nine like, wins. Like nine is what we're thinking could realistically happen yeah. based on what we've seen the I, last two years. Now, if it doesn't happen, if BYU doesn't win nine in the regular season or nine at all, let's say BYU finishes with eight wins, then Tyler Algier was way better than we thought. Because I here's my one here's one of my fears going into this year, is that oh my gosh we saw the most amazing running back season and we thought that we could like keep doing that, the O line's going to be good, but was tight like the difference between Tyler Algier and Christopher Brooks we hope isn't this uh, Grand Canyon gap. But can that be made up by the emergence and hopefully coming forth of other players like Jaron Hall. Does he take another step forward? Hopefully the wide receivers take a step forward collectively. Yes. Does the offensive yes line the as answer. a whole group take a step forward collectively? I just, I just think we need to be careful of going, hey, remember that time Tyler Algier ran for seventeen hundred yards? Yeah, yeah, we can do something like that again. That was spectacular. Like, you know, two they weren't like, you know what Luke Staley's gonna do again? Run for eight yards a carry. Like that was a unique season. Um, can Jaron Hall be as efficient as he was? Can he be even better? Like, can Puka – will Puka Nakua be a thousand-yard guy? I think so. As he catches the ball, well done, control room, timing that up. But um, – and, and it's against more high – like, there are a few games that are a little tougher than, than last year. Not the volume, but a couple yeah. – so it, I'm so excited for this year. Like, I, I can't remember the last time I was this excited going into the season based on who BYU is, based on what the schedule is. Obviously, the Big 12 looming – the next season is very exciting as well. This is an awesome time for Cougar football. The rec- recruiting's going really well for the Cougs. Let's go, man! Like, can be yeah, can BYU go nine and three in the regular season or better? They went ten and two last year. Like, like only Dave freaking McCann came up here and said, "Yeah, ten wins is possible." And we're <laughs> like, oh, "I'm like, oh, put on the blue goggles." So th- again, this is also worth noting. When the rankings were released by ESPN's FPI last year, it was April 13th. So one year yesterday. ago, yesterday, yeah. They were number 63 in the Woof. FBI. Coming, 63. Coming off of Zach Wilson and the 11-1. and one and Yeah. So you lose the number two overall pick, five draft picks. Like, that's understandable. They, they fall to essentially the middle of the pack. And you're playing seven power fives. So 46 and only five power fives, but some high-level group of fives. I, I, I feel like 46 There's is pretty favorable. It's, it's pretty favorable, there. right? Like I, I, don't, I, don't, I would like in the future for BYU, like if BYU does it again, goes 10 wins again, that they should be in the top 30 in this going into the next year. Although you probably lose Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Blake Freeland, and so on and so forth. So maybe not. So maybe not. 46 in the FPI does not directly translate to an Associated Press media right. poll either. Right. Like, I would not be surprised to see BYU ranked in the preseason based on what they've done the last few years and everything they do bring back. So if BYU shows up as number 23 or number 25 in that first poll, don't be surprised. FPI is a very different metric than media voters on who they think the top 25 teams are to start the season. So 46 to me kind of feels like respect. I know some fans don't like it, but that's 17 spots higher than last year. So he finished 40th, by the way, last year. In the FPI. In the FPI. There you go. Okay. There you go. 40 feels a ways down. Well, they've got, uh, let's see, how many days before they can really start to make this count? Hit it. Countdown to the Bulls. 142. 142 days away before BYU's trip back to Raymond James Stadium on their vengeance tour to uh, get one back against USF. 
in the home of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After and Tom J- Brady's back. Jaron Hall lost his initial start as a BYU quarterback. Yep. Yep. It'll be a little bit different version of Jaron Hall this time around. Yes. <laughs> yes. Our question of the day is BYU football underrated or overrated at number 46. Who's, who in this audience stand there overrated? At the ESPN FPI rankings. Come on. Come on. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. Not you, Utes. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Jerem said change on Twitter. What is this handle? Give me a check mark already. You have another burner? I have so many burners. I have so many Cougar Board accounts too. <laughs> At Jerem said change answers. Underrated. A team that finished top 25 in the polls and had a total of three seniors on the entire roster doesn't crack the top 40. That being said, this is beneficial to a team like this and will make them feel they have something to prove. This is the mindset for success. I don't know that a strictly mathematical metric is going to motivate a BYU team like a coach's poll or a media poll would. Now, if no, BYU's they're, they're like okay. comes into the season and they were like not receiving any votes or whatever from the AP voters, now that is a sign of disrespect where it's like, okay, they don't believe in us at all. Yeah. So I don't think that a purely mathematical metric is something that's going to drive, that's going to fuel the fire. Like, we're being disrespected by math. Uh, It's Steve (laughs) Preston. That's who this is. Steve, what's the motivation for your Twitter handle? Do you know a different Jerem? Like, what's the story there? Okay, coming up. Who's the most important assistant coach on campus? To me, it's not close. And we talk with our good friend and now second-year offensive lineman of the Carolina Panthers, Brady Christensen, rookie no longer. What's the best story he had from his lead-up to the NFL draft? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. And boom goes the dynamite. Men's volleyball hosting number one UCLA in the final home matches of the regular season. Friday and Saturday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. I'm glad to see that boom goes the dynamite has gone beyond Ball State and just when BYU plays Ball State. It's pretty much anybody, yeah, right? I, I try and say it Good. every match. Good. I think it's important for America. Equal opportunity. Equal opportunity phrase. <laughs> yes. I feel like we're a credit <laughs> union or something. Yeah. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Some transactions, mostly dealing with sports. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Joining us now on Zoom is our good friend and offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers, Brady Christensen. Yeah. Brady, great to see you this morning. How you doing? Good, guys. It's good to be on here. It's good to see you guys. I'm, I'm doing well, you know. Can't complain. Great to hear it. I know you got some uh, OTAs coming up later this month as you continue your preparation for next season with the Panthers. But hey, in the meantime, you're not a rookie. You're not a yeah, rookie anymore. A Congratulations. Rookie. Yeah. Made it. Not a rookie anymore. No more rookie duties. That's the best part of it all. <laughs> I can understand that. Now, your good friend and one of your former BYU teammates, James Empey, is looking for his NFL shot and looking to crack in with the camp as he prepares for the NFL draft and the crazy free agency signing period. What do you think he's going through right now? Because you did this to a degree just a year ago. So what's James Empey thinking right now? I think right at this point, you're just like, there's so much unknown. That's the hardest part of the whole thing. You have no idea where you're going to be living. You could be living in one of 30 basically cities. 
Um, so that, that, that's the hardest part. Am I going to get drafted? Where am I going to get drafted? What team's going to draft me? Where am I going to go? Am I going to be undrafted? It, all these things are going through your head and it's just kind of crazy. And so that's what he's, what he's going through, but you just kind of got to ride the storm and, and trust the process and, and enjoy it. Cause you only get one time, you know, at one time to get drafted. And so I just tell him just to enjoy it. And certainly if he was healthy, I think he had a great shot at being drafted because he was kind of banged up. I'm not sure he gets picked, but certainly a free agent opportunity is going to come his way, it feels like. So um, what advice would you give to James in this process? I would just tell him, I, I told him a while back just to trust your film because that's what I, I believe the NFL scouts and the front offices are looking at the most is, is, is your film. That's your product. Um, and he has some of the best film as far as centers go in college football over the last three or four years. And me and his uh, trainer that I trained with, Duke, we, we were talking about it. And it's like sometimes he might get overlooked because of that injury, but some team is going to find him and going to be like, this kid is an absolute stud. He's going to be a steal yeah. um, just based on his film alone. And so I, I would just tell him just to trust that and, and everything will fall into place. Brady Christensen is with us on BYU Sports Nation. As you look back on your own lead up to the draft before you were picked by the Carolina Panthers, in retrospect, what was the wildest or craziest or strangest thing that happened to you through the whole draft process? I don't know. I wouldn't say – I guess it was kind of wild, but kind of the hardest part. It, I think – I can't remember exactly when Pro Day was, but it was, it was towards the end of – March and we had our son Ledger March 16th. And so I was running, I think we had pro day a week later. And so I was running on <laughs> no sleep, you know, just getting out of the hospital. We were in the hospital for four, four plus days. Um, and that was just crazy. And I remember going into pro day and, you know, I got up, drank some, uh, some caffeine and, <laughs> and I don't know where it came from, but I had a really, really good day. And everyone was like, dude, is that dad strength? The dad strength got you through <laughs> it. Dad it, strength, it. Yeah. The dad strength <laughs> helped me perform super good. It was, I, I did it way better than I would have even expected. And I had like high lofty goals. And so it was, that was an incredible journey uh, just to have our son ledger and then pro day and then have him there when I got drafted. And then, just that whole process was insane, but it was, it was, it was incredible. I'm going to rethink of that day as the new dad strength day of Brady Christensen and not the Zach Wilson day. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone's like, Oh, yes. the throw by Zach. And it was, it was fun. Right. And like the Niners went up to three that day and we're like, Oh my gosh, they want Zach or whatever. But anyway, uh, super fun. Okay. You mentioned not being a rookie. You don't have rookie stuff, right? What, what kind of rookie stuff did you have to do? What was there like, a dinner you paid for that was like the largest amount of money you've ever paid in a single sum, uh, plus carrying bags and stuff. What are we talking about? Rookie dude, everything. Like I had to get a coffee machine for the, the offensive line room. <laughs> I had to get, I decorated for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, everything, you know, and it had to be decked out. If it wasn't decked out, you get fined. So everything, if you weren't good enough, you weren't good with snacks, you get fined. If you were bragging, fine. If you did good in practice, fine. Everything was a fine. So I was just getting fine left and right. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, rookie dinner was it, – it was it was no fun. Uh, they all got – a bunch of the guys got, like, these shots, um, and one of them spilled, and it was really expensive. It was a $200 shot, and he spilled it, and he got another one. Oh. I was like, dude, you just spilled a $200 <laughs> shot? Like, and it was so nonchalant. And I was like, 
Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Sipping your two percent milk. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I had my, you know, my Sprite and ginger ale. I had both, so it, it, was, it was a good night. <laughs> but it, it was got got accepted. That's awesome. He's a part-time interior decorator for the holidays, also an offensive lineman for the Carolina Panthers. Brady Christensen on BYU Sports Nation. As you look back now on your rookie year. What do you feel like was the best lesson you picked up that's going to help you make that jump into your second season in the NFL? Uh, I think two things. I think one thing is just take each week as it comes. You know, don't get ever get, don't ever get too high or too low um, in this league because one week you could have a great week and the next week you might not have a great week. That's just how it is. You're going against the best every week, and so you're going to have ups and downs throughout the season just kind of take it one week at a time and have a short memory and just keep rocking and rolling. Uh, the second is like, I just really felt like last year showed me that I can compete at this highest level at a high level. And so that's what I'm planning to go into this year is just with that confidence and that, that swagger knowing that I can compete at a high level against these guys. And so that's kind of the two things I really learned from, from my rookie year. We want to ask, ask you about Blake Freeland as well. Here's a guy who we think uh, is becoming a big-time NFL prospect at, at le- left tackle. Kingsley Suamatia has entered the fray as well. There's going to be an epic battle for left tackle. Blake certainly wants to hold on to that. Maybe Kingsley plays right tackle. We'll see. What is Blake Freeland like, and what do you think his prospects are in the future for the NFL? Blake is incredible athlete. He's got the height, he's 6'8", got the arm length, got the athleticism. He's, he's got it all. He's got a perfect NFL body and athleticism. Um, I always told him, I was like, look, dude, you can you can be better than me. Like, if you put in the work and get better, like, he's on track to be a great, great offensive lineman. And I, I hope he does. I hope he just keeps take, takes another step up this year and, and really just dominates because that dude is a stud. And, and it is crazy to think that how many, like – great offensive linemen are in that room right now. I mean, you even got Harris, who's yep. a great starter. And and then you got Campbell, who's freshman All-American. You know, it's like, this is going to be some competition. I'm excited to see how it unfolds, really. Brady, the offensive line in 2020 was fantastic. It was fantastic last year, protecting a number of quarterbacks. What does this group as a whole need to do better to be better than the line that you played on in your final season at BYU? Ooh, to be better than the 2020 O-line, they got to do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot to ask, I know. <laughs> a lot to ask. <laughs> no, I think I think the one thing that was so special about the 2020 O-line is that we played so great as a unit. You know, like we were playing together, probably all of us, most of us for three plus years. I mean, obviously we had Blake in there too. Um, but most of us were playing together year in, year out. And so that that – continuity i mean i knew exactly what everyone was going to do it and how they were going to do it and so when you had double teams like when me and clark had double teams it it was easy because i knew exactly where he was going to be his angles and that's kind of how it was across the board and so i think that's the biggest thing with offensive alignment is just getting all five of those guys working together at a high level is is how they'll be better than us and clark barrington might be the most underrated piece of all of this We, we we haven't mentioned him but you just brought him up like he's incredible Okay, perhaps the most uh, difficult position to evaluate is offensive line because we, we can't quantify it in the same way that we can a running back and a receiver and a quarterback, right, and even a kicker in some way. 
So what what role does the offensive line play in the success of a BYU football team year in and year out? Because the last two years, obviously, winning 10-plus games, you got to have a great offensive line. We feel like BYU has another really good offensive line, maybe even spectacular, uh, to try and win 10-plus again. Yeah, I think uh, without a very solid group up front, you're not going to win. Uh, you see that in the NFL. You see that in college. and You see that in high school, too, like, it all starts up front. I'm not saying you have to be a perfect group or, or Joe Moore type of group, but you got to be solid across the board and you can't have like weaknesses. If you have one weakness in that line, they'll exploit it and it'll be hard to get anything going. Um, but it's huge. And I, I agree with you. I, I love seeing this, that BYU has had a great offense line over the last three years. Cause that's how BYU should be. We should BYU should be able to recruit these big uglies that, that just go dominate. And then the rest will take care of itself. I mean, you got the skill guys that are going to be unbelievable again next year. And they're going to do what they're going to do. But if if it starts up front and they're solid up front, man, it's going to be an awesome year. We're talking with Brady Christensen. When you watch a BYU football game, are you zoned in on the offensive line? Like, what are you looking at the entirety of when you're watching a BYU football game? What's that process like in your mind? Yeah, the few games I did watch, because most of the games were at, like, 10 o'clock Eastern time. So <laughs> yeah. I, I'd watch, like, the first quarter before. It was, it was always before game night. But there, we did have a bye week in a couple earlier games that I watched. I, I'm watching offensive line. I'm going to be honest. I'm watching Clarkie. I'm, I was watching James. I was watching young Bud Campbell over there. I was watching Blake. I was watching them just to see them dominate. And, and it's fun to watch everyone else. And then I see them dominate and then go try to find the ball on TV. But that's my process is, is I'm watching each guy up front uh, when I'm watching BYU football. Brady, it's always great to talk with you, man. We know you're busy and uh, we, you've got big things coming up. Let's give you some BYU Sports Nation karma for that. We look forward to having you back in Utah at some point. Polish up those golf clubs. Let's get out on the links when you get back to Utah. Will do, brother. you got to go. Love it. All right, Brady Christensen on BYU Sports Nation, the outstanding second-year offensive lineman Not a for the rookie Carolina anymore. Panthers. No more interior decorating for the holidays. Ah, oh, you just spilled a $200 shot. <laughs> ah. No more ridiculously expensive restaurant trips. Well, like, listen, homie, homie's already a rookie, plus he's given 10%, you know what I mean? Plus agent and taxes in this economy. It's going to be a good second year for Brady. Yeah, coming up. All-American Davide Gardini for men's volleyball in studio ahead of senior night versus number one UCLA. And who's the best linebacker of all time at BYU? Did he make the list of the top 100 greatest college football linebackers? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout today, follow us on the social media platforms of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Now it's time to whip it. The Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Who's the most important assistant coach on campus? With Chris Burgess going to Utah, we are thinking, oh. Well, right now, it? it's probably Trent Pratt because he's taking <laughs> right, over right. as the interim head coach after Mike Littlewood had a surprising resignation. So does Trent Pratt actually count as an assistant coach anymore now that he is the interim head coach? I don't know how that all works, but I'd probably go with Trent Pratt. Yeah, he's really important. To me, there's one clear answer here. I don't mean to offend any of the other assistant coaches. I love all of them. Okay. 
It's Aaron Roderick. The program changed in 2019 when he was made primary play caller midway through the season to the point where BYU is 26-4 and four when he is the primary play caller in those games. That's insane, right? Pretty good. It's Aaron Roderick. A-Rod, the OG. Before so Alex Rodriguez, there was Aaron yes. Roderick. BYU is so lucky to have him and that Utah never actually gave him a legit shot to, to be like a peacock and fly. Okay. As yeah. the other guys talked about. See, A-Rod, A-Rod's the one that comes to mind for sure, but, man, Trent Pratt, he's, he's got a lot on his plate now leading BYU baseball. Well, and it makes you nervous if you're one of those assistant coaches where the head coach goes out of, like, is this Trent Pratt's debut to be sure. the head coach? Or are the assistants out after this year if they find another guy? It's a nervous time for them. Yeah. Big Game Boomer, or as he's now called, BGB. Rapper? Has Rob Morris, the freight train, at number 59 on the greatest college football linebackers list. So does that make Rob Morris, because there are no other BYU linebackers listed here, the greatest BYU linebacker ever? I felt this way before this list. I didn't need BGB to tell me. Rob Morris is uh, the only guy who's been an All-American, a first-rounder, and a Butkus MLA finalist in BYU history. So he, he's, to me, he's the best linebacker. And there have been a lot of great linebackers. And this is not taking into account well, what have they done in the NFL? This no, so, just BYU time. It's not Kirk Cavea, it's not Fred Warner. Like, Fred Warner is Van the Noy. greatest BYU NFL linebacker ever. Yes. Because he was all pro. Yes. That's amazing. But Rob Morris, as you pointed out, was an All-American and a first-round draft pick. <laughs> it's the freight train, Rob Morris. How many other guys had a whistle? It's true. Who had a whistle made at them because they were so awesome? Nobody had the freight train. I didn't see Marv Allen or Bob Davis with a freight train whistle. That's a cool nickname, right? The freight, freight train. train. Yeah. Also, who got? Who else has a penalty in the snow for doing a snow angel? <laughs> like Rob Morris after a pick six. And that, that was the that, moment he became the greatest linebacker in BYU football a history. a PAT streak, by the way, because it got pushed back in the snow. We need, we need to have this conversation later in the summer because of the summer. Why later? Let's do it tomorrow. The greatest linebacker ever in BYU history. Don't wait. Just do it. Will Alex Barcelo increase his postseason uh, or his college post-college stock in Portsmouth? Well, because he's playing for that specific car dealership in the Portsmouth Invitational. I can't even remember the name. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's he's going to increase his stock. No, in all seriousness, more exposure. You, you increase your stock, but is it for the European leagues or the NBA draft or all of the above? Either way, Alex is going to be more seen and have more exposure because of this. Yeah, I, I love Alex. I don't see him as a trap pick. I see him as a summer league opportunity, perhaps G League European guy, and that he's going to be super successful. Kevin Pangos, he can have the same career. NBA scouts will be impressed by how well he shoots the ball. So yeah, he's going and to his improve his stock. And his IQ and his great teammates. Get, yes, absolutely. Let's stay with basketball. Zach Selyus has scored 20 plus points in 12 straight games playing in the country of Georgia. Double-double in 11 of those. So Zach Selyus, is he the best BYU basketball alumnus playing overseas right now? Who's playing better than he is? I don't think anyone is. Like Charles Buell, Brandon Davies. Is Jake Toulson? Brandon, Brandon Davies is a better player than Zach, but like playing, I think it's, no, it's, Zach's probably doing it in Georgia. Jimmer's not overseas right now. Georgia, Jimmer's in his church gym doing TikTok videos right now, so he doesn't <laughs> qualify. He's Zach, crushing it. Zach Selyus? Man, it's it's obviously not as hard of a league as Matt Harms sure. and Jake Toulson and Elijah Bryan are playing in. Yeah, yeah. But in Deutschland, 
Who's averaging a double-double right now scoring 20-plus and 12 straight? 2020s from Zach Celius is Zach, amazing. Zach can have that title right now. Yeah. What do you expect from BYU Baseball today in its fr- their first game after Mike Littlewood's resignation? Uh, an inspired effort. I-, I expect extra focus. I expect them to come out locked and loaded. Typically this happens. Teams get like really focused, hyper-focused, and they play well. What's going to happen in game four and five when the natural of just like, hey, hunkering down is gone? Yeah. yeah. So I'm more worried about what happens in games four, five, and six and a.m. in games one, two, and three. I think BYU wins 33-28 like it did at Nebraska in 2015. How about they just win that'd by be five? A, that'd be a really high BYU, scoring BYU game. wins by five. I like that. Five runs? Yes. Okay. We'll take it. Tom Brady sent the following tweet earlier to one Elon Musk who made a $43 billion bid to buy Twitter. Tom said, if you buy Twitter, can you delete the combine photo? <laughs> Here's the combine photo. I said it was from Honey Badger. No, it's just a fan at Honey Badger 22. Um, okay. That said, epic. <laughs> this is the most risque photo we've ever shown on BYU Sports Nation, by the way. Um, Brady. I, th- I think Ben Bag- Bagley is getting called into the principal's office here after this one. Hey, I want you to know I ran a faster 40 than Tom Brady did. When he was at his peak physical condition coming out of college, I did That's so in my the mid- only thing I did so in my mid thirties. In my mid thirties, I ran a faster forty than Tom Brady did at twenty one. I'm happy how proud you are of this <laughs> I, fact. It's something to be proud of. It is. If you could be ask Elon Musk to delete one thing, like Tom Brady, you know Tom Brady wants that photo gone. Delete one thing uh, from Twitter. From Twitter, what would it be? I have nothing that I need deleted because I'm proud of my shaved head pics from 2015. I'm okay. Good. I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that just at at uh, Utah Utes. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> just take it off. Listen, how about how about the ta- the take that Bo Hodge is going to be the greatest running back? That was a bad one. <laughs> okay. That was that was a and bad one. And how about the fact that I argued that North Carolina didn't deserve to be in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> Whatever. You, listen, <laughs> you got to shoot. You got to you can't be afraid to miss. No. And, yeah. you know, in your defense, a lot of the coaches were high on Bo. And in my defense, all of the analysts were saying, North Carolina's resume is terrible. But then they beat Duke and all that yeah, went away. Yeah, they, Things change, they, right? Things, you learn new things. Jerem said evolve. change. That's the Twitter handle. At Jerem said change. <laughs> Steve Preston, whoever that is. What's up, Steve? Coming up, today's rising shout-out to a Cougar who's crushing it on the link. And Davide Gardini is back in hey. Studio B to get set for the number one ranked UCLA Bruins Let's in town go. for senior night. Channel all the karma. Beat the Bruins, baby. This is BYU Sports. Go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Yo, subscribe to our YouTube channel, BYU Sports Nation, to get uh, interviews, BYU Sports Nation right now episodes, other content that we think is uh, just the best. Check it out on YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. Let's bring in the freight train of men's volleyball. The freight. Davide Gardini joins us now in Studio B. How do you say freight train in Italian? Uh, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Treno treno della felicità. There you go. go. That sounds way cooler than freight train. I know, that's way cool. I love that. You hit the ball as hard as a freight train goes, man. My goodness. And especially against Stanford. Jaron pointed out this morning your stat line, 27 kills, 16 digs, 3 aces, are you tired? <laughs> My body is a little bit, yes. I had a little rough start to the week. Monday was a little my knees or so, but I went play golf and I tried to get a little loose and it helped just just a little bit. So I'm ready for this weekend. How's the golf game, by the way? It's getting better. I got my club stolen, so I'm playing with in like Vegas. Yeah, in Vegas. So I'm actually playing with like normal clubs, like standard. They're not long enough for me. You're six nine and super long. Yeah. yeah. So those clubs they don't do it for me. But I shot like a like a ninety two. At a boy. Those. I'm like, okay, I can. A ninety two okay. with what? clubs that are 
two inches too short. Yeah, yeah. I, I, play, I play a lot, so I, I kind of figured out after a little while. So. <laughs> That's awesome. Are, are you a good golfer? Are you good at golf? I'm, I'm okay. I'm yeah? okay. I'm I know just, you like to play a lot. Just like above average, I guess. Yeah. Who's the best uh, current or former teammate at golf? Because I know Will Stanley loves to play as well. Uh, I, Jake Langlois, man. Oh, right? Jake, Jake is good. Yeah, I've never played with him, though. He, tried out for he, the, tried yeah. for, golf team, right? he, he thought he was good at to make yeah. the men's golf I team. think Price Jarman right now, he mm. is playing a lot. He's just doing that and yep. working, so he's, he's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Jeremy's got new clubs. This is your I crew. got new clubs. This I want to get out there. Right Let's go. Let's go. Davide, you got number one UCLA coming into the Smithfield. House oh, for senior night. I could not have scripted a better scenario for a team that has gone through some significant struggles, but now have this massive opportunity late in the season in front of what's going to be a raucous crowd. How do you feel about the matchup with number one UCLA on senior night? I think it's amazing. I could, I didn't want anything else for my senior night. When I always play UCLA, when we put them in the field house, it's a different vibe. Doesn't matter how many people show up. I think it's going to be a lot of people, but. Even when we didn't have a huge crowd during COVID, playing UCLA, it's always it's always different. So, I'm looking forward to that. It's senior night is, yeah, I'm I'm getting a little, I don't know. There's a lot of feelings for me right now. I'm feeling different things. A little, I'm happy, but I'm like, everything is ending. So, but I'm but I'm happy. I'm happy we're playing UCLA for sure. This is the the set of games we always look at, right? When oh yeah. Schedule yes. comes out, it's like UCLA. Is yeah, you just circle it and then you find it. <laughs> okay, yeah, not uh, not gonna miss that one. Yep. And they're number one too, but they're yeah. super unique because they don't have anybody that averages three kills per set. They're yeah. like super balanced. Is that hard to prepare for? I I think it makes it a little harder for sure. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we play teams this year. Also, we are a team that like we can be good, but sometimes we're a little too predictable, and other teams can like adapt and play better and kind of beat us. Uh, it's hard with a team like that where everybody kind of like the game is very spread around with everybody. Uh, we're, we're doing our job. We're looking at film. We're trying to figure out they still have tendencies and they still have like their weaknesses. Uh, so you just got to make sure you play on, on on those and, you know, just find the right way to win a game. BYU men's volleyball All-American Davide Gardini is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Would beating the Bruins in some way take away some of the frustration and in a way salvage some of the opportunities that were missed earlier in the season? Uh, absolutely, yeah. As, uh, yeah, for sure. There, there's a lot of frustration this year. I don't think that, like, winning these two games will make up for the losses we've had, the, like, losses that we could have not had, let's put it that way. Uh, but it's gonna, it's just going to give us so much going into the tournament, uh, going to play the quarterfinals, whoever we're going to get matched up with. So I think it's going to be huge for us. And it's going to be, I mean, for us seniors even more. If, I, if we can be, beat UCLA on during the senior weekend at home when they're number one in the country, it's like, oof, yeah, it's definitely going to make a big difference. Friday and Saturday night, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Okay, you are likely going to be the sixth seed. You need to beat UCLA twice and Pepperdine Raps lose twice to Stanford for you to be the five. So you're probably the six, meaning you're playing USC or Grand Canyon, whoever loses. They play each other this weekend. Yeah. Two and three. Do you have a preference on who you'd match up with? I'd say so. I would much rather play GCU. They're a tough team this year. They play so well. They have those two outsides, and every time they play us, for some reason, the stars online for them, and they just have <laughs> highlight nights. It's unbelievable. But I think they we can match a little bit better with them, and for some reason, also every time we play USC, we struggle 
uh, we struggle a little more finding our connection. We get a little razzled. Like it's not, yeah. we, we never play our best against them, but I'm confident going against anybody. But if I had to pick GCU. So probably go USC. <laughs> yes. Beat the GCU is probably yes. the yeah. scenario we want. Go Trojans. Yeah. You won't hear us say that very often. <laughs> no, 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 no. Fight on. <laughs> but go yeah, Trojans yeah. because BYU men's volleyball and David Agardini want the matchup with GCU. <laughs> and hopefully the stars don't align for the two outsides. Ho- hopefully. <laughs> yeah, come on. All right, Davide, you've got – man, you've seen so many roster changes happen this season. In fact, you have a new freshman setter in Noah Hain. Like, what do you think of his implementation into this lineup and what do you expect from him in a pressure-packed situation against UCLA? Yeah, I think – First of all, he did an insane job. What he did for this team, it's, it's huge. He literally had the opportunity to like redshirt and play for four years. He was asked, do you want to play right now? And he literally didn't even hesitate and was like, yes, I'm, I'm down to play. I'll do whatever it takes for the team to help the team. And I think that, that just shows how good of a teammate he is. And as a setter, he's doing amazing. He, he's a young setter, so for sure you see like some issues that he might have, but it just has a confidence that like helps him overcome like the moments of struggle and everything and we're comfortable with him as we are with Bartosz it's uh, we're we're comfortable with everybody right now he's just like bringing a lot of excitement a lot of like you know a new guy comes in everybody just gets a little more excited I would sure. say so, there's that energy lift yeah a little yeah different energy for sure so we need that we'll need still Bartosz most likely in any different situation so uh, but we're we're happy with whoever plays and we'll support him no matter what I'm hoping that Noah can summon the spirit of Brody Ernest, who in a similar situation against UCLA and Pepperdine, yes. like three that's years right, ago, that's right. Yes. had his first home starts and beat UCLA. And we brought and him Pepperdine. on the show after. And we were like, dude, last week you were like on the bench. This week you're the guy. So yeah. hopefully that can happen. Yeah, hopefully. Maybe, That'd be amazing. Maybe it'll be fun. And hopefully he's so naive. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. You know what I mean? I and know like what as, you mean. Like as I a true freshman, mean. first time, number one UCLA, senior weekend, eh, let's yeah. just go. Let's go play volleyball. Let's just go. Yeah. yeah. And he feels like that kid, um, two-time state champ at Punahou, mm-hmm. had uncles, aunts, um, mom, dad play college. Like, yeah. he was a volleyball kid. Absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. No, I, I remember that feeling they were talking about my freshman year. I'd, Whoever I was going to play against, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I'm a freshman. I don't know what's going on, how teams are and everything. So I just go play. And you're not like, I don't know who Pepperdine is. Yes, or whatever, exactly. Right? So yeah. I, I think he's going to have a little bit of that for sure. He's going to help him and help us. Nice. Okay, let's summon all the karma, Jerem. Give it to the, BYU the men's volleyball and David amount. Take it. Go compete against the Bruins, man. I'll take yeah. all of it, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Chris McGowan said at Carl McGowan's funeral, my dad taught me that it was okay to hate UCLA. <laughs> Especially this weekend. Especially this weekend, right? Yeah. Hey, your Deep Blue podcast with Jerem Jordan coming right. up on April Let's 23rd. Let's mention that. April 23rd is coming out, the uh, yeah. the podcast. So Let's check go. that out. On, uh, Loved it. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Thank you, guys. It's yeah. been fun. Okay, we'll see you uh, tomorrow night. Thank you. Okay, you coming up, who gets today's elite voice? And a rise and shout out to the latest member of the Sports Nation Karma Club, speaking of right? large portions of karma. Right? He maximized it. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day with the new ESPN Football Power Index rankings out, BYU in at number 46, do you think the Cougars are underrated? I'm guessing the majority of you feel that way. Why don't we offer rated? Or overrated at number 46. Last year, BYU was number 63. 
in the initial FPI release. Doug Heath on Twitter says, does ESPN really believe that one of every three teams in the FBS is better than BYU after two 10-win seasons and a ton of experience coming back? They're saying basically BYU is to the college football playoff what the Force Awakens is to Star Wars. Mm. Okay? There's a draw on a movie. Again, these are mathematical metrics. It, it, this is not like an opinion poll in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Yeah, yeah. This is an algorithm straight up. Uh, it's an algorithm, Spencer. So, yes. Uh, uh, of the mathematics. Yes, yes, uh, Jeremy. The algorithm, the the algorithm is absolutely disrespecting the Cougars. Uh, Brigham uh, doesn't have enough of the right metrics to uh, climb with this this year. Well, it's no ESPN believing. It's just an algorithm that they I, have plugged all the numbers into, and it jumped them out at number 46. What I really want is a faith metric. <laughs> Who we believe in. Who we don't. I love this Twitter handle, at Skokoogs. 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 Is this even a question? Two consecutive 10-win seasons, a returning star quarterback, four or five receivers that could start at most Power 5 schools, 10 starting caliber offensive linemen, the world's greatest punter. Yeah, he is awesome. Ryan Rico and Kalani Polynesian Lavellas coach. If BYU ends ranked number 46, I'll shave my head. Well, they ended 40 last year. At ten and three in FPI. See, I in think FPI. again. I think everyone's confusing is with final AP rankings. Yeah, it's not an opinion poll. Right. Straight up. Right. Hey, so don't don't worry, Skokoogs. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Gary Wojnowski. Right now, BYU's record has them tied for first. Sweet. <laughs> zero and zero. Everybody's in first place when that's the season the, begins. That's the elite voice. <laughs> Today's rise and shout out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shout out to Russell M. Nelson, <laughs> who's 97 today, oldest of the 17 church presidents. Happy birthday. That's amazing. And Carson Lundell is crushing it on the links. Yeah, finished second, 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 uh, second consecutive event as a Western Intercollegiate. Our thanks to today's guest, Brady Christensen and Davide Gardini. Hard to Dennis. Ran out of time. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Ossie Antonetti. We'll see you tomorrow for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Too small. <laughs>